The following podcast is sponsored by the new Hood College Gear Shop. The Gear Shop replaces the old Hood College bookstore. Most of us remember the bookstore as just the place where we bought or rented books. Well, that's not the case anymore. The Hood College Gear Shop is a great place to buy all kinds of things. Need some Hood branded merch? You'll find hoodies and t-shirts, hats and scarves, sweats and socks, mugs and cups. They even have Hood branded blankets. Low on shampoo or soap? They have you covered. Bad breath before class? Buy some gum or Tic Tacs. Need a pen, a highlighter, or a notebook? The gear shop has tons. Does your roommate have a dog? You can buy them a Hood College leash or collar. Need some Advil or Tums? Again, the gear shop has your back. What I'm saying is, the Hood College gear shop has you covered for all your gift, school, snack, and blazer-branded clothing needs. So the next time you're in WIT, stop in and browse around. Mention my name, Ellie Cooper, and the name of this podcast, Think Pink, to receive 10% off your purchase of any hood-branded merch. But listen to the show first. Hello, and welcome to Think Pink, a brand new podcast where I talk about all things that emanate pink. Whether that be something that's considered feminine or otherwise, we'll be covering it all. I'm your host, Ellie Cooper, and I'm looking forward to sharing my interests with you and my guests. The point of this podcast is not to exclude the guys, but instead include every person that loves all things feminine. I'm going to break down how these things became gendered and how that label affects how we react to them today. While this podcast totally serves me more than you, I hope you can find some elements that are relatable and interesting to you. Maybe you come to find out you're more feminine than you realized. And with that, let's think pink! This is episode two. Um, The topic for today is we're continuing the theme of women in music. Um, But this time we're taking a different angle and we're not talking about like radical movements in female artists music. Instead, we're kind of looking at controversies and I guess kind of the gossipy aspect. So for this um, episode, we're going to look at Courtney Love from Hole and Kate. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I should have looked it up before recording, but it's Bajeland or Kate Bjelland. But she is the lead singer for Babes in Toyland. So really, I think we're going to have to listen to two of their songs. But before we do that, um, we'll look at this article that I found that kind of goes into detail regarding the background history between um, Hole and Babes in Toyland's two lead singers. And today with me, I have a guest. Um, I found someone who would be willing to talk about this with me. So I'm very grateful. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Shell Bandelow, and I'm a current junior at Hood College, and I love music. I listen to whole. I don't have a whole lot of experience with Babes in Toyland, but I will say my my roommate last year, she did introduce me to whole, Nirvana, all that good music. You, <laughs> you know the vibe. Yes. <laughs> we love that vibe. Um, so thank you for joining me. Let's get into the article that I found first. Let me pull it up. All right, let's get into it. So the article that I found is from Rock Celebrities, 
The title is Friends to Enemies, The Complicated Relationship Between Courtney Love and Kate Be- Wait. <laughs> Beyond? Beyond. Okay. <laughs> Friends to Enemies, The Complicated Relationship Between Courtney Love and Kate Beyond. Right. I don't know if I nailed that, but <laughs> this article is quite recent, actually. It's pretty short, but I think it's current because right now I get a lot of my media from TikTok, which is incredibly embarrassing to admit, but, you know, it's very easy to just scroll, you know, find lots of cool information and sometimes music. Um, and I didn't find whole through TikTok, but I did find babes in toyland through like different users who like their music and wanted to push it out and i had no idea that these two women were so close the article is from kate's perspective so i wanted to see like how she actually feels about the relationship after she's like been able to mature because both of these women were quite young when they were famous and when they were first starting out so it's kind of hard to feel like you're not just competing with each other. So they were popular around the same time. Like they were. Same, the 90s metal era. Yes. Not, well, not metal, but... No, they were very They were very punk rock. Um, I think... Oh, what is that? There's a silly little phrase or term for the style that these women had. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Like the... Let me see if they even mention it in the article, maybe. Yeah, oh, it's yes. like punk rock, um, like 90s grunge was like big, like for the yes. fashion during that grunge. time. And they even mentioned it in the article. This is the one I was thinking of. The term kinder whore. That's, ah. that's an interesting term because kinder in German means like child. Yeah, have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't heard of that before. So what does that mean? So as the article describes it, um, the two front women would dress similar or dress in similar stage wear when they were performing. This was the classic punk aesthetic kinder horror fashion, including messy makeup, even more disheveled hair, and doll-like dresses. So I think you're right. I think it does actually play into like the childlike look aesthetic. Like when you're like a little kid trying to dress like a like an older woman. Yes. Like putting like just in like your mom. Mm-hmm. I remember I would go in my aunt's closet and I would take the family cat with me and I would I would try to put makeup on the cat, which was, like, really bad, but it was, like, the 2000s, and I was like, here, you have a little tiara. It's like, here, little princess. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, like, that's kind of crazy, so I thought that was an interesting detail to pull out from the article before we get into, like, their relationship. So, how do you have perspective on this? Like, do you feel like... I don't even know how to frame this, but really, have you ever experienced, like competition between other people because you're like oh we present the same um I do feel like it's it's talked about a lot in music um specifically like one one artist I can think of is Doja Cat when she came out Mm. with a song and she was talking about um like how men trying to pit us against each other for no reason Mm -hmm. when we're succeeding um, and it's like pit us against each other like we're Regina from Mean Girls. Yeah. So I was like, I can definitely feel like like competition or like like drive to be better when really like there shouldn't be. Yeah, I agree. Like as long as we like support each other, we'll all succeed. But like I guess in like 
the minds of some women, like, it's like, oh, I want to be the better woman. Right. But I'm like, I, I don't like, I don't like that stereotype or that, um, that idea really. I don't think that promotes, uh, positive or healthy aspects of feminism. Because again, you really don't have to be a woman to be a feminist. Um, and I feel like you don't have to think women are better than men or anyone else to also be a feminist. So it gets misconstrued and I don't like that. It seems like when feminist qualities are tied to competition, it's frowned upon, but then vice versa. Um, competition is seen as like a strength. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of women like have feel like they have the need to prove themselves especially like in male-dominated fields when your voice isn't being heard as much um compared to like maybe like some of the men in your field um like I know I'm in some classes sometimes where I'll say something like two or three times and then it won't be heard and then the guy next to me will say it and it's heard like immediately Mm -hmm. and sometimes like that bothers me but I'm like you know I guess that's just the the world I'm living in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I witnessed that too, like not personally, but through peers. Um, and I think maybe it's partially because like guys are trained, not trained, <laughs> they're never told to be quiet. But I think it's also because instinctively we look to the male perspective or male voice to verify information because we believe it's supposed to be more accurate for some reason um so that's a weird inconsistency yeah I have noticed that like throughout my educational career at the very least also just in public but yeah you know yeah the audacity the audacity (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get back to the article um because I I diverged our conversation. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) I I digress. So these two artists, I'm trying to find where the article really gets into it. As both of the women's love of music fueled their friendship, Courtney and B. Ellen decided to live together, which I actually, I didn't know that they were this close. Yeah, so they met in 1984 is what it's saying? Yes. They met at... An Oregon nightclub. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they formed a band together. Yeah, Sugar Baby Doll. Which I'm like, that's so fitting for both of them. Um, apparently, they ended up changing the name to Pagan Babies, but it's still very similar vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, it was common for the two rockers to borrow a dress or two from one another's wardrobes. However, this exchange would eventually cause a future dispute between the two ladies and their audience. And this is where I feel like I get a little bit skeptical because I wonder if it's, yeah, these two women had a feud because they were sick of the competition between the two of them and they felt like each one was copying the other. But couldn't it also just be the media was pushing that narrative maybe? Right. And they just felt pressure to produce good music that fit, you know, their style. Yeah, and it's also another thing I think about celebrities, like... I don't really have any celebrity idols or 
really, um, I don't really follow too many celebrities, but if I do, I won't follow them too closely because I believe they're still their own person. And a lot of what we see from a celebrity is from the media perspective. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what they're like behind closed doors. We don't know how their relationship is with other people. Mm -hmm. So um, I try to take when I think about celebrities, I try to like take them off of a pedestal and view them as a real person before I even like even think about like maybe like liking their music or going to a concert or spending like my money and my time. Like, yeah, if I like a music, like I'll listen to the song, obviously, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> take the drama with a grain of salt. The article kind of just continues into their relationship and I think I did mention that it goes into B. Ellen's. Right. So ba- so they're so they broke up their band. Yeah, um, after only a few shows. Wow. Yeah. So they weren't together. They weren't in the same band for very long, but they still were close. Um, let's see. So as babes and <laughs> as babes in Toyland and Hole perform side by side, the Comparisons between Love and B. Ellen turned things a bit complicated. So they would wear similar clothing when they were on stage. Um, we mentioned that this <laughs> aesthetic is called kinder horror, which is quite interesting. Again, referencing like the youthful aspects of femininity and kind of like um, fetishizing it very obviously. Um, and like having it's kind of like the image of like a young girl dressing up as like her mother or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I can also see it being like kind of freeing in a way because I remember when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I would try like dress up and look older and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm so mature. I'm yeah. so mature. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's nothing wrong like, with But like it was that. just it was just a fun thing for me to do as a kid. Like, like just when I think back on it, like I think of like being free and being young Mm -hmm. and just like imagining what life would be like when I'm older and I don't know if I would imagine like me to be where I am right now when I was a kid but Mm -hmm. it would be such an interesting conversation to have Mm -hmm. no I I agree I think when I was a kid I always envied the older kids I wanted more freedoms and I thought it would be so rewarding to be an adult um I still think that definitely not to the same degree (laughs) But I can see, like, yeah, where all these little girls are coming from. They look up to their mothers, and I think that's a good thing. For Courtney to continue this relationship with B. Ellen, um, I think maybe it might not have been in both of their best interests, only because I think she probably, like, lashed out at them when she didn't mean to. Um because here in the article it says that Love even once blamed B. Ellen for trying to steal Kurt from her. But it's it's just like, that's all the kind of catty stuff. Right, that and it's, like... also, it's also really hard to be in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's so different from now, from when it used to be back in the 90s, but... Um, mm-hmm. Like if you're if you have two artists with very similar vibes, then the the hot list, the top one hundred, they're gonna mm-hmm. probably com- make them compete with each other, and especially if they have a very similar sound, then um, someone's always gonna be like gunning for the top position, that number one spot on the radio. 
Yeah, like I can't even imagine what each of their managers were whispering to them, like all of the terrible things they must have been saying about like the other person just to be like, oh, see, you should like compete with her or something like that. I don't know. It just seems toxic. The media, the article does address that the media pitted them against one another. Um, that's coming straight from BL and she said in 2011 that the media did that. Um, she said it was really hurtful to me for a long time being constantly compared to Courtney. Um, and they'd say that it's some kind of battle, which it wasn't, and that they were just friends. So it kind of created like really unnecessary turmoil. Right. I'm looking at another quote that um, Kate said, she said, I haven't spoken to Courtney for years, but soul sisters don't need to. There will always be a bond between us, regardless whether we speak or not. I think that's so important. That's very crucial. And I'm glad that the article actually included that because it kind of shows that they have trust in one another. Um, and I think that's something that should be promoted, especially in like female relationships. Yeah, it's really nice to see um, new artists building up other artists. Like I talked about Doja Cat earlier, but just mm -hmm. another example of her. She's kind of taken um, Ice Spice, which is a mm -hmm. like kind of new up and coming rapper under her wing. And so I think she, Ice Spice was supposed to open for her for a couple of her performances, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. So just teaching her like the way of the field instead of like having a competition and comparison because they're both really strong female rappers. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really great and kind of shows how things are changing in the industry. Yeah, that makes me really happy too. I want to see like artists promoting other artists um, and seeing like other people open for um, like even some of their favorite artists is kind of wild to see and I'm really happy that we're at this point in time where we can see that happen. And I guess some of it's due to social media, but a lot of it is also just because some people are so passionate about music that they're willing to find those connections and that's really cool. I feel like that's kind of, that part of the article is summed up. Um, it ends talking how, <laughs> it ends mentioning how the brutal comparisons almost cost them their friendship, like Bjellen mentioned previously. And maybe Love, who has had toxic relationships um, previously, bonded with Kat to find a bit of peace. So, like, maybe she was just, like, that beacon of light in her life and she just didn't want to let her go, which is fair. Like, that can be scary. Like, especially if you haven't experienced that before. But, again, the media only knows so much. Right, right. So, we don't know what's happening behind the closed doors. <laughs> no. So now I think it's music time. Time for some time for some lyrical Jams. analysis. Lyrical, yes. <laughs> I okay, so I'm gonna play two songs. Um, I really I don't know if they are like letters to one another. I don't think so in my mind, but we'll listen to pieces of them mm -hmm. and then we'll look at the lyrics because I think that's how we'll be able to really break them down. The first song that we're gonna listen to, I think came out before the next one that is like Courtney Love's um, letter in response to this song 
so essentially it's from B. Allen's band Babes in Toyland. It's called Bruise Violet. We're watching the music video for it. I don't know if we'll finish it. Um, and then we'll look at the lyrics. Uh, and yeah, it's very intense. interesting there was part in the beginning where she was like you follow me around and then with like the two like blonde girl image like imagery i was like hmm she talking about courtney here or maybe like her own mind i was thinking the same thing so now i'm finally pulling the lyrics up um so in the music video, I have not seen that before. I've listened to the song once in preparation. Um, so the song came out in August of 1992. Um, it's from. It's actually the first track on their second LP, Fontenelle. Fontenelle. I don't know why I can't pronounce that. It's Fontenelle. <laughs> so... Yeah, in the music video, though, that was really interesting. She did um, have, like, another woman dress up as her. And, I mean, it was very simple because yeah. they just kind of looked at each other. Yeah, kind of followed her around throughout yes. the music video. Yeah. Um, and, like, these lyrics are kind of, like, there's some fire here. Like, I kind of, like, maybe there was, like, an argument that happened. Mm -hmm. um, the first verse says, you got this thing that really makes me hot. You got a lot and more when you get caught. You got this thing that follows me around. You fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope your insides rot. And then the chorus is liar, liar, liar. Yeah, like, that's angry. Right. And, like, I love the way she says it, too. Like, it's very angry. Mm -hmm. um, so I think in that, it definitely tells that she's angry at someone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't know who. Um, the next verse is, you see the stars through eyes lit up with lies. So I guess it's kind of, like, inferring that this person is kind of, like, Maybe a little out of it when it comes to, like, seeing the world around them. Yeah, maybe they wear rose-tinted glasses or something. I don't know. Um, you got your stories all twisted up in mine. So, like, kind of mimicry 
you got this thing that follows me around. You were born with glue instead of a spine. Oh, okay. That's like, you're like glued to me instead of like doing mm-hmm. your own thing. That's intense. Right. Wow. I I like that last line, the you were born with glue instead of a spine. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's definitely talking about someone that she had like a close relationship with and mm-hmm. was like, see, I know you. Yeah, we're speculating <laughs> over here. We are. <laughs> totally speculating. Um, and then she does say a liar three times again. Um, so in the last verse... She says, a view I tied to a, and I'm assuming it's like, she's kind of going back into like the previous lyrics and talking about like how she's like, oh, I want to get rid of you. Oh, like you're tied to me. Mm -hmm. I think that's just what it's hinting at. Um, Then she says again, you got this thing that follows me around. You got this thing that really makes me hot. You got a lot and more when you get caught. So, so I wonder like what that means because me that's pretty important that she would say it twice. Mm-hmm. So it's probably like, I wonder if like what happens is like when somebody calls her out, then like she has more things to say mm-hmm. that like kind of just like don't really talk about anything other than like covering your own back, which is kind of, I don't know. That's just my take on the lyrics mm-hmm. up for interpretation, I guess. All speculation. Um, I think I agree. I think it's, she's stuck on this idea that, like, this person is copying her, um, and it's causing her a lot of frustration and, like, inner turmoil, um, and clearly it doesn't seem like this person's acknowledging it either, which must only make her feel more frustrated. Um, do you have any more comments, or do you want to go on to the next song? On to the next one. Okay, let's, let's go. It. So the next song is just called Violet. It's from Hole. Yeah, so Violet was actually my, my roommate from last year. This was one of her favorites from Hole that I would I would hand her the aux from my car and then she was like, Can I play Hole? And she would plug it in and this is one of the first songs she showed me. I love this song. Mm-hmm. I actually really do like this one. I think it's so good. Let me look this up real fast. Okay, so yeah, I was right when I guessed earlier that Bruise Violet came out before Violet. So Bruise Violet from Babes in Toyland came out in 1992, and Violet from Hole came out in 1994. So two years after Babes in Toyland came out with their song. So yeah, we already talked about the title. Let's just get into the song. We're going to watch the music video again, but then we'll look at the lyrics afterwards. I was made of amethyst And all the stars are just like little fish You should learn when to go You should learn how to say no
Courtney Love. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Now that I'm listening to them back to back, because I haven't done that yet, um, they do kind of sound like letters to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like in the beginning, she says, the sky was made of amethyst and all the stars were just like little fish. You should learn when to go. You should learn how to say no. So um, I feel like that really talks about um, her, the beginning of her relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, because like... Maybe, like, going back to the other song, um, Bruce Violet, mm-hmm. um, talking about, like, maybe the rose-colored glasses of, like, how everything was great. Like, the sky was amethyst and stars were, like, little fish. So, like, just everything was, like, filled with wonder. And just, like, everything was good, like, during a specific time. And then you can see later in the lyrics how things changed. Yeah, you're right. Because, um, yeah... In Bruce Violet, she did actually mention how the person mentioned in the song, like, had, like, stars in their eyes or something. Um, so it seems like Courtney is kind of, like, she's admitting, like, yeah, I, of course I'm going to see everything, like, in a positive light. Like, I have to be positive. Um, she says, might last a day, mine is forever, might last a day, mine is forever. Yeah, so I guess in her mind, she was, like, thinking how, I guess since they were so similar, they were almost, like, sisters in a way. Mm-hmm. So, um, because they were, like, so similar, had similar tastes, like, similar music styles, um, that she was like, hey, this is, like, a great friendship. Like, like it, for me, it's going to last forever, and I will always be thinking about you. But, like, it might, like, last a day to you, but, like, mm-hmm. you'll always be in my heart. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yelland even said, like, they were basically soul sisters, which I don't know if that's the right term, but, like, they had that bond where they felt connected to one another on, like, a spiritual level. Um, So it seems like there really is heartbreak in both of these songs. Like, both women are definitely suffering. Right, and I guess the next verse kind of gets into the clash between them portrayed in the media uh the next verse says when they get what they want and they never want it again and they get what they want they never want it again go on take everything take everything i want you to go on take everything take everything i want you to so i guess that's kind of like talking about the media rift between them being like so similar like oh is one stealing the other's look the other's music um so I guess Courtney's saying, well, yeah, we were similar. And but I think I'm going to go down a different path now and you can you can take this. Like I'll let you be you. I'm going to find my own my own person where I'm supposed to be. I totally read it the same way. I was like I I really hear like definitely the heartbreak in Courtney's voice, but also she seems like a very accepting person. Like she's very open to just kind of let people walk all over her, which kind of makes me hurt for her. Mm-hmm. I, and like, yeah, she was a, is a very feeling person and was very young when all of this happened. So I can only imagine the emotion she must have been going through. Do you want to read any more lyrics? I feel like I really like this section um, because it kind of plays onto what you were talking about with mm-hmm. the first bit about the sky was all amethyst. Um 
So it reads, and the sky was all violet. I want it again, but violent, more violent. Yeah, I'm the one with no soul, one above and one below. So this is a bit more abstract. Right, this is kind of like her turning point, I guess, instead yeah. of saying, instead of realizing kind of, sorry, let me say that again. <laughs> so I feel like in this point of the song, Courtney's kind of saying, okay, this is my turning point. So the sky was all violet and I, I want it. Like I miss, I miss how things used to be. Mm -hmm. But now there's like this bad blood or uh, portrayal of like hatred for each other in the media. So she's like, you know what? I'll take the blame. Like I'll go for it, but I'm going to go my own way now. And we're going to be two separate people and not be associated with each other. I totally agree. Um, yeah, it seems like she's kind of accepting that things will never be the same again um, and that she just kind of has to walk away from the relationship that she once had and now has to embrace this like a world that doesn't accept their friendship um, and kind of like forces them to be hostile towards one another. Right, which I think it's more interesting that she said, I want it again, but violent, more violent, when the other song is titled Bruised Violet. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then also another thing, which I think is super interesting, while looking back on that article, um, Kate said that they were soul sisters in 2011, but Hole actually disbanded in 2002, mm -hmm. and then they got back together around, what, 2009? And then yes. they completely disbanded in 2012, which is the mm -hmm. year after sure. that Kate said that they were soul sisters. Wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I wish I could get into their heads and I wish I could learn more from them because like, they had very interesting lives. <laughs> I'm sure, especially like living like through like the 90s culture um, especially in music, like that was definitely, to the definitely a time to be alive. And yeah. Yeah. What a time we will never experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks for talking to me today. That's of kind course. of all I have for you, unless you want to add anything. Um, I just want to say thank you for having me on Think Pink. Yeah. And maybe I'll come back be a guest Ooh, star for another episode please i would love a returning guest right maybe we can talk about um some more female clashes in music yes i would love to mm. either turmoil just gossip like troubles in paradise i don't care <laughs> i want it all <laughs> the good the bad the good the bad the ugly yeah mm -hmm. no i'm an air sign i need to know all the details you know <laughs> um but yeah, so maybe now you'll want to listen to Babes in Toyland. Or Hole. Or Hole, you know? Honestly, I really like Hole. I I think I listen to them more often than Nirvana sometimes. Oh. It's a little controversial. Oh. <laughs> a little controversial, but you know. Don't tell don't tell the Nirvana fans. No, there. can't can't let the Nirvana fans know. I do I love Nirvana. Mm -hmm. Um I can name more than three songs. Please don't ask me to you will get punched in the face. <laughs> it's like, name five songs. Name five songs right now. <laughs> like, you're not a real fan. You're not a real fan if you can't name three Nirvana songs right off the top of your head. <laughs> um, 
But I, so I mentioned this in my last podcast and with my mom, um, we talked about female artists as well and how we kind of just prefer like the female voice and music. How do you feel? Are you indifferent? Like, do you have a preference? Um, I'm kind of indifferent. I'm more about like the instruments and the message behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I really like a lot of female rappers now, like, um, Doja Cat with her with her new stuff that she's been doing yes. with attention. Mm-hmm. She's like, look at me, look at me. You looking? I love that. Right, album. that's one of my favorite bars because she's like, all right, I'm here, I'm present, and you're gonna know me whether you hate me or you love me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's also super interesting how being a female music enjoyer is so much different than enjoying music as like. I guess, like, being a music enjoyer being male. Yeah. Because you constantly have to prove yourself if you're, like, listening to new metal or rock or mm-hmm. punk genres. They're like, oh, you're not a real fan. You're just here. Yeah. You're just a groupie. Mm-hmm. But, no, uh, I think women can enjoy music, too. Yeah. I think everybody has the right to that. And we don't have to know all the names of the band members, either. Right. Like, that's another, like, just because... Yeah, just because you like an artist doesn't mean you have to know everything about them. I feel like with guys, they aren't judged when they listen to niche music. They're praised for it because, oh, good for you for going out of your way to listen to something that's not on the radio. But then if you're a female presenting person who's like, oh, I'm going to try and listen to a band that, you know, my parents used to listen to. Like, oh, I don't know. My dad listens to the Foo Fighters still. Let me try them out. That's apparently not impressive or something worth being praised on instead you're like targeted for it and Mm -hmm. you're asked a bunch of questions and interrogated into proving yourself to being like a true fan right why can't you just listen to a song for the first time like it and keep it on the rotation yeah i've kind of i kind of just stopped caring because good for you celebrities (laughs) like in their own like they shouldn't be put on a pedestal Mm -hmm. they're people too like i shouldn't have to know like every single thing about this one band in order to be considered a fan or even enjoy their music i wholeheartedly agree no that should be everyone (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah that, that was just something I wanted to mention. I thought it was kind of cool, and I think I might start asking everyone that. Like, just, do you have a preference? Um, and, like, if not, why? You know, like, what do you value? Because I feel like there's so much... There's so many other elements to things other than the gender that's tied to them, and that's kind of what I want to draw attention to with this podcast is like you can just kind of enjoy anything you want gender is a construct everyone completely yes (laughs) so thank you again shell for joining me of course i appreciate you coming on we'll talk about you being a returning guest i like that idea thank you so much thank you bye everyone bye once again this has been think pink i'm your host ellie cooper and i look forward to thinking pink with all of you next time Thanks again to my co-host Shell for this episode. I really appreciate them coming on and talking about music with me. I think music might be one of the number one things that we bond over, but we definitely have a lot of things in common, so I thought they were a great person to bring on to the show for this episode. I really want all of you to give those two bands a try, both Hole and Babes in Toyland. I know they're both very grungy, but who doesn't need a little edge in their life every once in a while? 
don't forget to tune in next week where we'll cover I'm not quite sure what just yet, but it should be very entertaining. I would also like to apologize to Cat Beyond because I've been calling her Kate throughout the entirety of this podcast, except for I believe one time where I said Cat. And even before this take, I just called her Kate Beyond. So I apologize, Cat. No hard feelings, hopefully. Don't forget. After this episode, you can check out some of my fellow podcasters' episodes on Apple Podcasts. Just go to the app and search for HCB Studios. Currently, I've been listening to Ghostly Adventures with Brianne Thomas. It's perfect for the spooky season. Thanks again for joining me on Think Pink. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.